one. Welcome everyone to episode number 70 of Calling in the Power Ring. I am your co-host Matt Turner. With me as always, my good buddy, my tag partner, the one and only Lionheart, Ooh, Andy hey now. How are we doing, Sam? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? On I am Friday terrific. afternoon. We're back at it. Back at it again, buddy. Yeah, so my voice sounds a little bit better today. I'm, I'm probably about 90% back to normal. He's almost there. He's almost there. Well, we got, obviously, we recorded a few days ago, basically, but not basically, it was all New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. So today we're going to get into, we had a whole bunch of, two weeks of AEW versus NXT, a little bit of the Hell in the Cell, uh, SmackDown on Fox, you know, we'll do our usual comic book talk as well. But to start off, I want to talk about the rumors of Minoru Suzuki possibly leaving New Japan and going to pro wrestling. No one, maybe AEW would think about that. Um, yeah, they said that uh, he uh, is not happy there. Because he wasn't in the G1, which I, I don't blame him. But I don't know when his contract is up. But they said he's just sticking around to do the Jushin Liger angle. And then he's out of there after Wrestle Kingdom. So, I mean, hey, big for Noah if they get him. And also it said probably maybe AEW. So big for them. Big for anywhere he goes. It kind of sucks that he's leaving New Japan. But I guess if they got nothing for him, I don't blame him for wanting to leave. You know? Yeah, you know that. But what more else can you do there? You know, he's yeah. not going to win. He's 51 years old. They have, he's not going to win the title. Like, nobody outside of Okada, really. I mean, Okada's their guy. You know, maybe Ibushi gets a run. Maybe Naito gets a run. I, I don't see Sonata winning it on, on Monday at King of Pro Wrestling. No. I mean, that's the guy they build around. Business is great. Business is the best it's ever been. And that old school promoter saying it, you do not switch the belt when business is as good as, as it is. So, I don't, as much as I love Suzuki, he's, he, he, you know, he just, I mean, it would be cool to see him win the belt, but, uh, you know, he had a nice little run with the Intercontinental belt last year when he beat Kanahashi at uh, New Beginning 2018. But yeah, there's really not much for him left to do. Now, from what I understand, usually the contracts of um, New Japan usually run out right around uh, the end of January. Yeah, WrestleMania. So, so you wonder what he's going to do if they just let his contract run out or if they're going to use him. Yeah, maybe, maybe they'll say, hey, we got some big plans and pay more money or whatever he wants, you know? You would think they would want to keep him in this landscape currently, but you never know. Yeah, I think as much as I love New Japan, as much as I love Suzuki, I'd like to see him go over to Noah. I've, I've been watching a lot of Noah this past year, and I would like to see another series of matches with Marafuji. I'd love to see a Kino match. I'd love to see a, a Kimo match. I would love to see you know, him and Nakajima you know, slap the, the piss out of each other again. I would not mind seeing him back in pro wrestling Noah because it gives him some star power, especially now they have Fujita, who was a former Pride guy and Pancakes guy, and uh, Sakuraba, who's a UFC Hall of Famer, and and they actually wrestle each other, Wrestle Kingdom Nine. I would love to see you know those guys guys go back at it again. I mean, New Japan's roster is so loaded that them losing like a guy like Suzuki or even like a Goto, as great as Goto is, I would love to see him in like an All Japan or in uh, Pro Wrestling Noah, just to see him spread his wings a little. Because yeah. just they're so top heavy at the top and even in the middle, you know, the middle of the card. I mean, that 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 roster is so stacked. Uh, it's nice to see maybe somebody like a Suzuki or a Goto or an Evil go elsewhere just to see what they can do. If Goto left, I think it would really be good for him because he's kind of like floundering, like not that he's well floundering, but he's just like mid card guy, you know. Like sometimes he won a title, sometimes not. Like he's never bottom of the card, but he's just kind of there, you know. So I think he would really be refreshed if he left for a little bit. Then he can always come back, you know. Yeah, you wonder if they're going to do anything with the whole Kenta thing because obviously. We're going to see on Monday if they'll shoot an angle with Shibata and Kenta at the Dome or if they're going to do something with Shibata and Goto or, you know, what's going to go on there. I'm assuming they're going to do something with Jericho. 
on Monday. With, yeah, and Tanahashi, like yeah. Like in the second or third match where he attacks or he does like a video thing, but I think you'll see something with Chris Jericho on Monday. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And then um, maybe, maybe Moxley, they said, help him and if, if this, because uh, this is Suzuki and Liger on this show, right? Yes. Yeah, so maybe they'll set up Moxley and Suzuki for... Wrestle Kingdom, because I know that's one of the matches everybody wants, unless they keep the Liger thing going, but I don't really see how they can, because this kind of seems like a blow-off, but you never know. Maybe they'll have a death match at Wrestle Kingdom, or some type of gimmick match. Loser leaves yeah. New Japan, maybe. Even though, you know, if maybe if Liger beats Suzuki, he has to retire too, or something like that, or leave, you know, something. Or maybe they'll do, obviously because Liger's retired, yeah. maybe, <coughs> maybe they'll do Mass for his retirement. Yeah. So it's like if Liger loses, he loses Mass, because... Because obviously Suzuki was taking, taking, he took Liger's mask and then he kept calling him uh, uh, Yamada, which is his real name. So you wonder now if, they, if they're going to go that way. I mean, they can't. If anybody knows what they're doing, it's get up. Yeah. So, yeah, I look forward to it either way. But yeah, Monday will probably set up some cool things. And then I'll watch that show, obviously, after work on Monday. So I'm looking forward to that. But I'm, I'm excited for it. Because we haven't had a big yeah. New Japan show in a while. I mean, we went to a house show and they've had a couple small shows, but no big shows in a while. Yeah, and that's probably the G1 final. Yeah, because Super J Cup was was late to the uh, New Japan Network by a month, so. Yeah, and I still have not watched anything out of the first day. Just there's just Me so either. much stuff. Yeah, there's so much going on. It's, it's crazy. So and with, yeah, and Impact on Access hasn't started yet. What they're doing is they're showing they they would do those quarterly pay per views. Mm -hmm. So that's what they're doing. So they give you the whole entire three hour pay per view on Access the the first two weeks. So the first one was Homecoming. And the uh, the second one was Rebellion. So and I've, I've been watching it here and there. And again, it's, it's some really good stuff. So it's nice to see what Impact's doing. And they're obviously going to get a, a huge push and a huge plug, you know, coming up whenever they start their weekly shows. That's pretty cool they're doing that to show on the pay-per-view, especially since most people probably have not seen those pay-per-views. It's new to yes. them. So good idea. And then yep. I think what they're starting new at the end of the month, right? That I don't know. I think that I think you're right. I think that you're right. So I have my my DVR set for all that stuff. Man, it's crazy. Um, yeah, and for what, also with the news with Suzuki leaving, from what I understand after Wrestle Kingdom is Howard May is going to be out. I, uh, yeah. I guess the uh, the big draft. He was supposed to expand the North American audience, and I guess it didn't go as well as they did. I mean, if you look at the G1 in Texas, it only drew a couple thousand people. I mean, that show was for as low as that show was with Kenta and Ibushi. And, you know, the returning hero, Lance Archer and Osprey, and obviously Kanahashi, you know, caught on top. I mean, he got the best of the best, and just, I don't know if it, I don't know what it was, but they, they only drew a couple thousand people, and that thing should have been seven or eight thousand. Yeah, well, going into it, I don't think they advertised too many matches. I think they only advertised, like, two, so that might have hurt a little bit. Because, you know, if you don't have a whole card, but that's still, if it was a New Japan show, I'd want to go, but some people, you know, don't go depending on the matches. <clears throat> so I think that hurt a little bit. But yeah, how, how Mage is supposedly leaving and they'll get somebody else, but I don't know. I don't think that's much of a loss. <laughs> you know, he's still got all the main players, still got Ghetto, still got all the wrestlers, so. Yeah, so, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they do, they I mean, they ran a whole bunch of shows in North America this past year. Hopefully it keeps up. No, so yeah, definitely. Why not? The sold out. And the show we were at was jamming jam pack, standing room only. And then, from what I understand, uh, Hammerstein was sold out as well. Yeah, so there's three solid shows. And they have the couple they do in uh, L.A. at the Walter Pyramid. And they usually do tape one for uh, New Japan World. So, yeah, they keep doing the U.S. shows because uh, they're not doing bad, you know? Not at all. No. 
that, I did not get a chance to see the NWA Power, but you did. Uh, yes. You said it was really good. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I wasn't expecting anything. It is the old studio wrestling. When I seen the pictures, they have the old wall with the curtains, the blue curtains and the flags hanging. And like the wrestlers just come out, no music, no pyro. They just come out, either cut a promo on the little stand there. Uh, they walk to the ring, and then the crowd's only on one side, so it's just like the old Jim Crockett Promotions NWA show, or a bunch of old studio shows like that. So it has a cool feel like that, and the matches weren't bad. Like There was a couple job matches, but they were entertaining. And then the main event was uh, Nick Aldis versus uh, was it? Tim Storm, which I'm, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with Tim Storm at all. First time I've ever seen him. You know, he's like, they say he's like 51. This will be his last uh, chance going for the world title, but ooh, it was a good match. And then the commentators are Jim Cornette and a young guy who kind of looks like Tom Phillips, but he wasn't bad at all. And then they have another interviewer guy who, who I think is purposely trying to sound old school, kind of like Bob Cottle. <laughs> and he'll interview him like, come on in. And then the rest will come in, cut the promo. So it, it has a very old school feel. It's only an hour, so it's easy to digest. And every Tuesday, 6.05 p.m., you can watch NWA Power. It goes up on YouTube. I don't think it goes up live. I think it just goes up and you can watch the whole episode. So... It's cool because you can watch it on your time. You don't have to. It's not like AEW or oh, I have to watch this on Wednesday. You can watch it whenever you want. But uh, I really enjoyed it. Now I I've been kind of just catching little stories here or there. Did Homicide and Eddie Kingston did they debut? They saw that they were on there. Not unless they were not unless they just taped something. Yes, they did. There was a the, the tag team. I forget. There was the one guy who used to be in TNA called Bram. And they're called like the Wild Cards or something like that. And another guy who I'm not familiar with at all, I forget his name. They were cutting a promo after they beat up two jobs, and then uh, Eddie Kingston comes out and he's like, "Oh, you know," in the same classic thing at the podium, comes out and starts like he's like he calls Bram Bram, even though he has a new name, Tommy something, and basically kind of challenge him for the belt. And then they start pushing Eddie, and then Homicide walks out, and they're like, "Oh," they they almost come to blows, but they don't. So they're setting up that feud there. But the. Uh, the wild cards are the wild card. I forget which one it is. They are the tag champs, but obviously Ricky Morton posted a picture of him and Robert Gibson holding the tag belt. So, spoiler, they lose them probably the next episode or the one after. Yeah, so we'll find out. Well, Homicide and Eddie Kingston were tag team called All Out Inc. in Ring of Honor for uh, for a hot minute. So it's nice to see that the two of them are back together. Mm, yeah, and then J- Cowboy James Storm was there, and he's feuding with some guy who was called Joe Cephas, who seemed like. He looked like he walked right out of 1985 to some big, like, redneck-looking goon-looking guy. He wasn't very good. His acting wasn't that good. He was coming out and was like, I want Storm. I want Storm. And like, does he want James Storm or does he want Tim Storm? And then James Storm comes out and, and they have a, a match. And he, and they, when he finally gets in the ring, they ring the bell, super kick, and it's all over. <laughs> and James Storm wins. <laughs> now, how about anything with Cabana? Because I heard rumors that he's... He was not there. But that's, I think they taped four episodes, so... Uh, I don't know what, what's, what's happening. I didn't look, look at read ahead to see what's happening on the other episodes, so he might be there. But as far as I've seen, it was just him, uh, Homicide, Eddie Kingston, uh, James Storm, Aldi, uh, Nick Aldis versus Tim Storm. There was a tag team called the Dawsons, and I, I've never seen them before. Jim Cornette was talking about them. I think they're like kind of like indie guys they just brought up, and they, they took on a job. And then uh, what, what's the, Eli Drake was there. He looked pretty good. Who? Does my finisher, the Kryptonite Crunch. I forget what they called it. And there was one other job match, too, I believe. But it, it, hey, it's not a bad show when it flies by. And they even have, like, an old 80s uh, a hair metal song. I, f- I think it's uh, it's like that. Into the fire! I think it's Dawkin. <laughs> so it gives it more of an 80s feel. So it's, it's a good show. I really like it. I'm going to be watching it from from now on. Because it, it's, it's a fun show. It's something different. So we're going to get that... 
I will do my best to give the weekly impact report, and you you can give the NWA report, and I will try there my go. best to watch watch the NWA. So there we go. Yeah, how about it? it and who would have so, thought? You know, two years ago, it's just going to be NWA will be back on, and it's good, you know, along with AEW and WWE and everything else, New Japan, ROH. It's crazy. So, and I also watched uh, the AEW After Dark or AEW Just Dark, where it's the dark matches they taped before the uh, TV show, and it was it was pretty good. There was, there was a women's match that wasn't a little wonky. But it's also, it's an hour show on YouTube, and Tony Schiavone hosted it. So kind of like the old control center, where it's like Tony standing in front of a bunch of TVs and stuff. And he talks like what led up to the match, and then they show a couple, and there was like three matches. Wow, how about that? Yeah. And also, and that's, from what I understand, I believe the, mat, uh, the main event this week was Janelle and Omega. Yeah, that's what, so I, I don't know if they're going to show that next week. I'm hoping they do. And it was like a lights out match or something, or unsanctioned or something. something so when like does that. that usually go up? That goes up on Tuesday, too. I think that goes up on Tuesdays at 6? Oh, no, eight. Tuesday is 6 or 7. So it's almost the same seven, time. At, at 7.05. Yeah, 7.05. It's almost the same time that NWA Power goes up. It goes up. Wow, how about that? Yeah, a lot of wrestling. Speaking of a lot of wrestling, I mean, obviously the big thing these past two weeks is the Wednesday Night Wars. We did watch the first uh, week. Um, I just finished the second week. As far as the ratings goes, it was AW win the first two weeks. They uh, 1.4 million, 1.1 million on week two, and then NXT was I think something like uh, like a little under a million, and then I think it was like seven, seven and a half or something on week two. So, I mean, that's I mean you're you're looking at on Wednesday you got two million people watching TV. Yeah, ain't that crazy? It's cool, yeah. yeah but AEW for the first two weeks has won the ratings. But I mean, it's not nothing to go, oh my god, they're kicking their ass or anything. I mean, yeah, they won the ratings. They got a million, whereas NXT didn't get quite that much, but they're still in the, in the fight here. I mean, it's not like I wouldn't, yeah. you know, call call NXT done already. But it's cool that many people are watching again. So, I mean, wrestling really, really in a boom right now. It's awesome. Yep. And I'm watching both, and I know if you had the, because I obviously have the direct TV cable, if they do pay a fortune. Fortune. For nowadays, a fortune. Yes. Um, so I, I'm able to watch both shows. It, it does take me a while to get through because it's four hours of TV. And as I said on our last podcast, Wednesday, all the Amber shows are on, and I am by far the Lotus Man on the Golden Hole <laughs> in my house, which uh, I fully subscribe to Happy Wife, Happy Life. So obviously, we do watch those. So I try to get through some of the AEW NXT stuff, which Amber does like the AEW stuff. Oh, that's uh, cool. You know, she's, she's, she's a big fan of, of Jericho, and she likes Cody and the Bucks and everything. But as far as like the, you know, as far as what I like with wrestling, I think the NXT shows were just a little bit better because they had better wrestling, not by much. Yeah, I haven't not seen the much. the second NXT one yet because uh, you have to wait a full twenty four hours for it to hit the network. So, so I chose to watch AW and I, I watched an illegal stream because I really have no way of watching it. <clears throat> I, I looked at the TNT app and you have to. Uh, I can't turn. I don't know how to turn this stupid thing off. Ugh. Hold on. You're digging over there quite a bit. Yeah, I'm not, it's a stupid conversation. If I can, it's a group chat that I'm in. Let me see if I can mute it here for an hour. Sure, yeah. Let's see here. Mute for one hour. There we go. Okay, now that should stop. Okay. What was I saying <laughs> before I got rudely interrupted? You're talking about uh, AW. Oh yeah, yeah. So I watch, I watch an illegal stream because the TNT app you have to have a cable service provider. I'm like, well, that's not... Oh, really? That's, yeah, because it's like signing with your cable service provider. I'm like, well, th that's not helping me out any. And then you can watch Fight TV, but you have to not live in the U.S., and then you can get the feed. So, like, I think it's like five, five ninety nine, and you watch all the episodes per month of uh, AEW, if there's four or five, depending on you know, how many months in the uh, days in the month. 
But I'm like, ugh. And then so you can get around that by getting a VPN that says your computer's somewhere else, but that's a lot of work. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'll stream it. <laughs> so, but, I mean, if it was on Hulu, I'd watch it next day, but they don't have it on Hulu on the regular one. They have Hulu Live, and you can watch it on there, but you got to pay an extra $20 a month, and then you can DVR it with that. But I, I'm, I'm happy with my regular Hulu. I'm not going to pay an extra $20 for one show. So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe eventually they'll have it on regular Hulu I watch it next day, because I'll wait the next day. That's fine. Like, we're on SmackDown. They're, they're on usually midnight at night. They get up to Hulu, so... I'm assuming as it continues to grow with content, they'll come up with some sort of streaming service or partner yes. up with some at the time. But. I, I'm sure they will, because, I mean, there's a lot of people, especially nowadays, that don't have cable that are not going to get cable, especially not for one show. Yeah, I forget. I think my cable is like 160, 170. It's, it's insane. I mean, it, yeah. it is what it is. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, the shopping shows that Amber likes and the cartoon shows that Lily likes and all the wrestling stuff that I do. So it's like, it's unfortunate. It's just, it's just, a, it's just a high bill that... I'm just gonna have to eat, you know, every month. I mean, it is what it is. But there's more the more content per week that 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 I like. You know, obviously they had New Japan a few years ago. You have the NXT, you have AEW, you know, SmackDown on Fox. But like I was saying before, the wrestling at NXT I think is slightly better. The Matt Riddle Adam Cole match I think has been the best match of the last two weeks between the two shows. And then I think Walter and Kushida was probably the second best match. I thought the Young Bucks and Private Party was outstanding. I think that was great how they they, they opened up the show. But I think oh, yeah. where AEW has the definite advantage is just like when you're flipping through the channels, and we were doing this that the, uh, that Wednesday before we left for Comic-Con, if you just keep hitting the previous button and going back and forth, AEW just looks like the bigger product. It does. The production value. And it's like you never really notice it with NXT, but when it's next to AEW, you're like, ooh, NXT kind of looks bushly. You know, it's not the, the wrestling, just the, the raw presentation because it's dark and it looks not as big. and just AEW just looks more exciting. Well, the reason why it doesn't look as big is because they're taped, they're doing it in full sale. And I thought full sale was like seven, eight hundred people, but from what, from what I understand, it's like three or four hundred. Oh, really? Wow. Where, I know yeah, it's so tiny. They're still doing it, yeah, they're still doing it at, this, at the same building, and like, the, the, around the crowds are super hot. But then AEW's on the road, and they're doing in, you know, basketball arenas where they're drawing seven, you know, six, seven, eight thousand. Yeah, so, so it's, like it's a noticeable difference. Yeah. And it's like NXT is black and, and yellow, and then AEW is all colorful, you know, and you know, they're sh- shooting the shots around the arena. So it just, it does look bigger. And if some people are like, oh, well, let's watch this because it just looks better, you know? Yeah, so I think it's only a matter of time because obviously Vince knows what he's doing when it comes to production, and obviously Triple H does. Okay. I mean, I'm sure they have something in the works where it's like maybe with the first four or five episodes we'll do at full sale until we get our feet wet and then we're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna start touring with this thing yeah I, I think they will it's only a matter of time really till they start I think I even seen a post where they said like in 2020 they're gonna start taking it on the road now you can do one show a month there or maybe like tape I guess they're not gonna tape but yeah do one there and then do the other three somewhere else and just once a month come back That that's okay but, I, but yeah if, if you wanna compete with AEW you can't keep running there I mean it's a cool place yeah. the crowd's hot but it just doesn't look that impressive you know like the takeovers they always look impressive You're like, oh wow look at this you know yeah and one thing i do like with the bulk brands are doing is they're announcing matches ahead of time obviously the main event next week is for aw darby allen and chris jericho and then uh Britt baker challenging rio for the women's title and then on the nxt side they announced a couple matches for like the next two or three weeks they have another uh donovan Jack or Keith Lee, Kobe, whatever. Yeah, yeah. versus Keith Lee matches. I have no problem. I think it's Dijakovic. What's like? I'm just gonna call him Donovan Dijak. Yeah, I was gonna call him by his ring of honor. Name. Yeah. And and then they're doing uh, Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream. He's gonna get his rematch. Oh, okay. And they're doing Punishment. The guy who's Punishment Martinez. Oh, jeez. Damien something. 
Yeah, he's wrestling. Oh. oh, who'd he come out to oh, beat up? Not Trevor Lee or the former Cameron Grimes, was it? Yeah. I right. think so. I'm not 100% oh. sure. And then Tommaso Ciampa is coming to wrestle Andy Garcia. I don't know who he is. They were doing a backstage interview with him. And this guy just basically came and interrupted him. So it's like, oh, so, so you have, you know, they have four things on the docket over the next two or three weeks, plus all the other stuff that they have in between. They've been doing a really good job pushing Rhea Ripley, so I think that they're going to build her up for the for the title, and then it's only a matter of time before Tony Storm comes back. And yeah. I think she's going there. Unless they draft her to Raw or SmackDown, but I, I can't see that. I see her going right to NXT. You know, that would be a little bit better for her, too. Because if she goes to Raw or SmackDown, she'll probably get lost in the shovel. But I, I like that they announce matches. That's much cooler than just, hey, turn in the Raw. What do we got tonight? We don't know. You know, now you know. So if you, yeah. if you don't like a guy, you can say, hey, I don't, I'm not going to watch it. Watch it. Watch AEW or watch NXT. You, your choice, you know? Yeah. But I know I know you said tomorrow is a little bit low-key low for you. I don't mean Tom Middleton or the former Ring of champion low-key. Yeah. But when you get a chance, definitely check out that Walter Fushida match. Yeah, I want to watch that for sure. It was so good. It was so good. The psychology was so good. The, the big man selling from Walter was good. Obviously, you know, Fushida from New Japan is a legit badass. So he's, you know, everything he did made sense. Definitely Kushida's best match since he's been under the WWE banner. So i seen some people complaining because they, they knew who was going to win, but c- come on. You know, I know Okada's probably most likely going to win the world title, or keep the world title from with Sonata on Monday, but I'm still going to watch the match and enjoy it. It's not going to take anything away from it. Yeah. I always say it doesn't matter where you go, enjoy the destination. Like, if yeah. I'm at a, I think, I, I think I've overused this analogy. If I'm, at a, if I'm out to dinner somewhere and I order a steak and I get my steak, well, that's pretty much that's, well, what I want it, right? I want it. So you know you're going to get a good match. It's, it's like, yeah, it doesn't. Maybe in like the you know the, the WrestleManias or the G One or you know the Tokyo Dome shows or the Dominions that you don't want to know who wins. But I don't think that's that big of a deal. No, especially for a weekly TV show, you know it's not going to be you know blow away all five stars because it's the TV show. So you'd say that for the pay per view. Yeah. So um, let's move on to obviously I, I'm, I'm loving it. I think both shows are fantastic. Uh, it's nice to see that, you know, there's, there's healthy competition. I mean, I, from what I understand that the AEW was looking to do probably about three quarters of a million views, and it looks like that they're, they're going to be over a million probably each and every week, so they're doing an excellent job with that. Oh. So, and, and like I said, the NXT shows are great. I think they just they just got to get out of full sale because they need... Yeah, make it look a little more impressive. I mean, yeah. the matches, there's nothing wrong with the matches or talent. Just make the show look a little more... Uh, high end, I guess you could say. Yeah, and they clearly can sell out the seventy thousand. Oh yeah. With the takeover. Yeah. With the takeovers. Yeah, I, I would think they probably have an easier time selling NXT tickets to than a Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, that. When I know well, some people are, are gonna we're gonna be complaining this, and well, now Vince is gonna take the main roster guys from NXT, and I'm like, well, as long as what they're doing is they're taking the NXT guys that are main roster guys and putting them back on NXT, like your Gargano's. Like your Ballers, yeah. yeah. Then if they do it with like a Cesaro, or if they do it with the Kevin Owens, like I don't want to see Roman Reigns on that show. I don't want to. See, no, even you don't Rusev want to see John Cena. You know? Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to see Rusev on the show. I want to see like, like what what makes NXT special is like those super super top level A plus talent are you know in ring wrestlers there. So that yeah, that's what I want to see. I mean, they they kind of sent like uh, Fandango and Tyler Breeze over there, which they're they're all right, but I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they had a, they had a, uh, I was actually going to fast forward through it. They had a match with the Forgotten Sons, and I was like, ah, but actually the match is really surprising. Really? Uh, when you're, well, when you're Forgotten Sons show, don't do much for me. The match, you, the, I mean, my expectations were like pretty low, 
but it was like a, a BB plus match. I was like, well, that, I really, it was only like a seven, eight minute match. But I mean, if, if you have it on and you're not, you know, before you get to the Walter match, you know, give it the seven, eight minutes. It was actually a pretty darn good match. Oh, wow. How about that? So, so I mean, I, they never really I, let Fandango wrestle on the main roster, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, they need tag teams, but they're doing a good job building them, those guys back up again. So, I don't know. We'll see what they do. See where it goes on yeah, from there. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's move on from that. Let's talk about the SmackDown on Fox show. I thought that was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I mean, very, very. The new set looks awesome. So it's very colorful. And, and like we were saying with NXT, how it did look impressive. This looked very impressive. <clears throat> and they had uh, they had the matches announced, obviously, with Brock versus Kofi, which I would have wished Kofi would have got something in there. Maybe if he would have hit Trouble in Paradise once or twice before he got pinned. But, eh, okay, whatever. And then they had Kane Velasquez come out, who. The only problem with that that I have is if you don't watch MMA, like, I, I, if you guys weren't there and I wasn't watching, I'd be like, who the hell is this guy? Because. You know, and I would say a lot of wrestling fans like me live in a bubble and don't know anything. And my problem with Kane is he doesn't really look cool or like physically. He's big, and if you don't know, I mean, if you know him from MMA, like, oh, he beat the hell out of Brock Lesnar. But if you don't know him, you're like, who's this guy? He doesn't really look that cool. Eh. So I mean, they gotta, I don't know, do something there. But I, I mean, maybe you should, like if they can pay UFC to show some clips of him beating up Brock, if that would help. Because a lot of wrestling fans like me live in a bubble and have no idea. Like when that boxer was there, I had absolutely no idea who he was. Yeah. Now I'm obviously a huge MMA fan and combat sports fan. Boxing, I kind of fell off. Once Tyson kind of started going down, I kind of, you know, fell off, fell out of that bubble a little bit. Uh, but I obviously know who Tyson Fury is just because I, I do try to keep up on, like, regular sports. Like, you know, with everything going on with wrestling and whatnot, I try to keep up on just what's going on with football, whatever, and pro football, college football, baseball, basketball. So I watch a little bit of sports center here and there, but I know he's obviously one of the most hyped fighters. And I've seen some of his interviews, and I'm like, oh, I feel really good in wrestling because even though he's a giant guy, he's kind of like a clown. Okay. Like, you know, like a good way. Like he's, he's, he's very animated. He's got a lot of charisma. Um, and obviously, the Kane, I know who Kane, I, you know, I was sitting in my place in Scranton when Kane, was when I was living in Scranton, when Kane beat the crap out of Lesnar. I, you know, I've watched obviously a ton of UFC and a ton of MMA, but yeah, when he came down, it was like, you know, so that's the guy that beat up Lesnar. I think they were, they had the free, they posted the free fight on YouTube a couple, a couple years ago. So I basically showed you the fight and I'm like, yeah, it wasn't, it's pretty well one-sided. Yeah, uh, but, it definitely was. But yeah, you're right. If you just saw Kane Velasquez, you just look like a big dude where Brock Lesnar just looks like a guy. You know, because he's, he's he's scary looking. He's like, he's yeah, yeah. Brock looks like he's just gonna come out and destroy anybody. I mean, and then Kane like he doesn't look physically impressive. I and mean, a lot of things in wrestling, you have to look the part, even if you yeah. you know more so look the part than even doing the part for some guys. But I mean, we'll see. I mean, he's only had a couple matches, and they're gonna throw him. I guess at the Saudi show, they're gonna do the match. So I don't know. I might be bad. I don't think anything's gonna happen in that match. I think there's gonna be a brawl pull apart, and gonna, that's gonna be like a no finish. Oh, okay. Do you think maybe, if anything, just one of them gets him down, just a couple shots, and that's it, then something like that? Yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that uh, nothing gets came. He wants to wrestle and everything, but I don't know if he's ready for a, a main event match like that quite yet. Especially Brock's yeah. not really a person to carry someone. No, Brock obviously has his best matches with the workers. Your AJs, yes. your Bryans, your Punks, your you know those guys, your Angles. But, so. I mean, if they do, when they do have an actual match, I don't think it should go more than like six, seven minutes. No, I mean, basically no. they're they're fighting UFC one about three or four. Yeah, they should they should almost have it like a, like a work shoot where they're like you know, try they're punching each other or whatever, trying to get each other down, and someone gets someone in a submission, and that's that's the end. Or Brock hits the F five, and that's the end. Well, however, they want to go because they said that he didn't. Kane Velasquez has not signed yet, but I figure that 
it's probably not going to happen within a couple of days if they're going to put on that show. I can't see them doing that show and then going over to AEW, you know? I don't see that happen. Yeah, I would obviously have something in the works, even if it was just a one-off, or it's like, we're not going to get on our big Fox show where they had almost 5 million viewers where they brought The Rock back. It's like, we're not going to have the last segment him beat up our brand new champ, literally our brand new champion, if they weren't going to do anything with it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, it takes him down, he beats him down, Brock runs away, scared, he leaves with the belt. The, the commentators did a good job making mention that's the guy that beat Lesnar for the UFC heavyweight title, and then you're not going to see him, you know, on uh, New Japan the next week. No, like, Wait, what? No. yeah, because that's kind of like, oh, what a waste, you know? Uh. Yeah, so. But no, although, I think the Rock segment was great, and I oh, yeah. put over, you know, it did, what it, it did what he was supposed to do, where he came and put over Becky Lynch even more, and then Corbin on on Raw on Monday, basically saying about how he put the rock in his place, and you know, and then he basically got the the whole STD thing going. Yeah. So I'm like, well, now there's more heat on him. Yeah, he comes and I put the rock in his place. I'm like, oh, rock was smarter than I thought. Not only did he get Becky over, but it got Corbin over. So uh, excellent segment on the rock. I was just a little disappointed with they met, they mentioned Hogan Hogan and Flair were going to be on the show, and they just showed them like. Sitting in their chairs. <laughs> yeah, like oh, there so they like, are. Wait, what? I think they advertised Steve Austin and Undertaker too, and they didn't even have him on the show at all. Which I, I mean, they, what would you really have done with them? But I think they advertised Steve Austin. I know they advertised Austin. I don't know if they advertised Taker. Yeah, which is like, I don't know what happened there. I mean, it's not like he's screwing them, but I was like, oh, so something must have happened. But I'm sure they would have had Stone Cold just come out anyway. Maybe he would have came out in the Rock promo, but who knows. But yeah, nothing gets it. was still a good promo. That was a good show. It was a good first show. Yep. Uh, let's get into something that wasn't too good. Uh, the first few matches were good. Uh, Hell in the Cell? Hell in the Cell. I believe you were driving home from my house, and I texted you, and I was like, when you get home, you need to watch the opening match, which they should have done as the main event. Yes, I, I agree. Sasha, I thought was absolutely fantastic. Off the top of my head, I don't think I can name Five, five better. Obviously, they're kind of dealing away with the Hell in a Cell gimmick just because they do it every year. Yeah. There's always like two matches in it, which I think maybe they should just do it like every now and again, like how when it first came. But I don't think I can name off the top of my head five better Hell in a Cell matches that were better than uh, Becky and Sasha. I thought that was terrific. I mean, when I watched it, because I watched it later, <clears throat> I think I watched the. The second last match and then the last match live, and then I went back and watched it. I thought the Becky and Sasha was awesome, like almost almost five stars. I'd probably give it like four and a half, four point seven five, because they did some really creative stuff. Like when Becky was outside, leaning against the ladder, and Sasha does the meteor, where Becky like hits her neck off the ladder, like ooh, that looks rough. And the whole when they took the kendo sticks and then propped the chair in the corner, and Becky put Sasha sitting on the chair to the drop kick, that was cool. And the meteor through the table. There's a lot of creative stuff in this match. And I was like, this is really good. This should be the main event. So, I mean, what a way to start a pay-per-view off. It was awesome. Yeah, and then the match afterwards was the uh, basically like no-holds-barred match. Yeah, like Tornado the Tag. Brothers, whatever they're calling them, Ro- uh, against Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan. I thought this match was, was excellent as well. Yeah, it was pretty good. <coughs> Excuse me. The pay-per-view was off to a good start. This was a good match. It was the Tornado Tag, so it was all action. And then uh, Daniel Bryan goes for the handshake. I don't know. Like, Roman goes for the handshake down. Knocks it away and then goes for the hug. So he got the big pop there, which makes Daniel Bryan if he gets officially a face now again. Which, yeah, nobody. I thought he was doing good with the heel, but I mean, he's one of the guys that gets cheered no matter what. But uh, I liked the match; it was good. And then the yeah, next was match good. was uh, what was it? Ali versus Randy Orton, or was uh, there a tag? I know there was a couple tag matches. This was the middle was kind of filler. I was really disappointed with the. Uh, I mean, as much as the the, the 
dumb disqualification in the main event, which obviously was the main event and the most hype match of the show, so it gets it gets, it gets the most uh, most focus. I thought the disqualification in the six man tag match was just as stupid. Because oh, they yeah. basically disqualified them because they were doing they were like double teaming with the ref never counted. Like I know you have the count of five, but the ref never counted. I mean, one thing if they like push the ref. But yeah, it was the uh, the club versus Strowman and Oh jeez, why am I trying to blame? The War Raiders, War Machine, yeah, the war, war, yeah, whatever War-Machine, you want to call them. Yeah. And it was a good match. I'm like, oh, this is a good match. And then it was just like they were kind of getting towards like the you know the middle, the heart of the match. And then obviously there was qualification because the Anderson and Gallus were, were double teaming. I think one member of the War Raiders too long. Yeah. So. And then the whole point with the match was to put over Brown Strowman's punching power, all of kind of like the Big Show, because then the Big Show had that little feud with Floyd Mayweather. But all of a sudden he adopted the punch, and it's like, well, okay, now he's going with Tyson Fury, so we need to put over his punching power. Well, then just have him pin AJ clean in the ring. He's not losing the belt. The six-man tag, just have him go for the phenomenal form. He gets punched, and then hit him for the finish. Yeah, so, I mean, it was, it was all right, but, like, I don't know. It kind of, kind of felt like filler to me. And so did yeah. the, what was the other tag match? Um, I'm drawing a blank now. There was another one. Um, Oh, was it the women? No, it was the women's tag match. Or well, was that wrong? Well, let's talk about the women's tag match. Yeah. I thought they, they did a nice little turn there with oh. uh, the Kabuki Warriors. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking that was on Raw. But yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Kind of like Asuka spit in the mist. Because all Japanese people can spit mist in WWE. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> but it was it was cool. I, I don't like a bad Kyrie. I think that's kind of dumb. She, she, she's a face if there ever was one. But it's it's okay if Asuka's a little bit bad, like how she was in XT. But I, I thought this match wasn't, wasn't that bad. I enjoyed it. But at least they're doing something with her. And yeah. Then, she, they, they missed it, Becky on Raw, and then Kyrie pin Becky. So they're gonna do like a little. Uh, are they gonna do a little feud with uh, with now Kyrie and Becky? Because now she, you know, where are they gonna do a Becky from? You know, there's nowhere to go for. Her. Yeah. She won her. Oh, we'll go back to the whole Becky uh, Sasha. I love the finish of the match the, when she hit the back blow. You know, I, I like when people had two big moves in a row. So she hit the back exploder and then she did the disarmor. So she did her. Well, she hit it off the top rope onto a pile of chairs. And then she put in the disarmament. So I was like, oh, she did, two big, she did her two big moves back to back. So I thought that was a cool finish. But anyway, yeah, where do you go with Sasha now? It's obviously that they plan to see the next night on Raw. So she's probably going to have a few with the Kabuki Warriors, which yeah. I got no problem with that. Yeah, unless they switch it up, depending on where people go with the draft. That's the only thing I see why maybe there's no clear um, feuds coming. Because they're like, eh, whatever happens in the draft, you know? Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, Bailey and Charlotte was good, not great. It just felt like a normal. Obviously, the big thing coming out of it was Charlotte winning the belt back again. Yeah, I thought it was a little, little short. Nothing was good, but just a little, little short. Yeah, and, and Charlotte's what ten-time champion now. Yeah, they really like want that Ric Flair thing. thing. Yeah, it seems like something that they could have put on SmackDown. Yes, I agree. But all right, well, let's talk about this main event. <laughs> I the first thing. That I thought was wrong. I mean, everybody's crapping on it, so we're kind of we're not gonna, you know, we'll kind of just steamroll through and get on to the next thing. The first thing that I thought was wrong with this whole match was in that stupid red light. Yeah, I don't know whose idea that was. Remember they did that with Kane years ago, and they they stopped it shortly thereafter. And they used to do it with Sin Cara with a bluish light, and that that's uh, it's bad enough the cage is red. Can you imagine sitting there live, red cage, red light? That had to be hard to see. Outside the first two rows, you're really staring at the screen. Yeah. You know? I mean, you I, really I, can't see anything. Man, what a win. Like, get rid of that red light. So hopefully they, they don't do that. I don't. I hope they don't do that for all the feed matches. That's dumb. I, I'm okay with uh, making the rest of the arena, like, dark, where it looks like uh, old, old-time old boxing. 
and then just the lights on the ring. I'm okay with that, but don't don't do the red light. It's it's really annoying. Even after a while, I was like, this kind of hurt my eyes. Did you see on W? And I think I even told you that there's no way they're going to have a clean finish to this match because they're not going to take the belt off of Seth Rollins because he's the gold guy. But it'd be dumb for them to uh, have the uh, have beat the Fiend. But like, did you really need to put this in Hell in a Cell? Like, they could do no. a normal match and end it there because like they did this last year with Strowman and Roman, where Brock came out, beat the two of them up, and the ref called a match up. And I was like, wait a minute, didn't Shawn Michaels get thrown? off the top of the cell and didn't fully fall off the cell twice and then, and then the yeah. Triple H match he got back body dropped through the cell like it's just it, I don't know yeah and, and, I, I and the whole like uh, I guess they, they I guess now they change it to a, a referee stoppage because fans were complaining how do you get DQ'd even, even X-Pac on that watch show that show after the watch along whatever it's called it's like how the hell do you get DQ'd in a Hell in a Cell match he um, said that that was on the WWE. I thought it was on his podcast. That was on WWE. Yeah, it was on network. He's like, they'll probably never have me back. But yeah, it was on some uh, network show or something. <laughs> like that's awesome. <laughs> but hey, it makes perfect sense. Like, but if it was a regular match, then okay, then it would make sense. But I mean, Triple H has used the sledgehammer in the cell multiple times. I believe uh, Batista and Eddie did. There, there are plenty of times. And people were bleeding, getting their asses kicked left and right. So. It was a stupid ending, but here's I think the exact point where they lost the fans because they were they were into it because everyone wanted the fiend to win. He gets I think Seth Seth hit two stops, he kicks out, then he hits the pedigree and he kicks out. So right there they were with him that they would have went with the fiend hitting two uh, sister Abigails, and and maybe maybe Seth kicks out and then somebody comes down to ruin the match and they end it. It would have been okay, but then Seth goes on to hit the fucking oh I cursed sorry to hit the uh, ten. Uh, stomps in a row and the crowd just that's when they absolutely lost them. They're just like boo and then after that point there's nothing you can do. Then you I give them the terrible ending and it's like ugh. I think where they really lost them is they kept hitting the stomps and they were booing. Yeah. And I was like and then when the fiend got up I was like okay they're booing because they think Seth's gonna win because there's no way he's gonna be able to kick out of it. Yeah. And he kicked out of like four or five on like four or five on like a one count and they got a pop there but then another thing is like when, when the fiend went Wyatt's selling he was, or he wasn't even selling. He was just like laying down. Yeah. And then when he was putting all that stuff on him, Bray Wyatt just laying there, like he puts the chair. Yeah, he wasn't the moving. Ladder, and this and that. It's just like, and he's just laying there for an uncomfortable amount of time. Like, well, if he's down that long, pin him. Yeah. Then, yeah, hey. he, then he hits him with the sledgehammer, and then he gets right back up and doesn't sell anything, and then puts the mandible claw on him, and then he did the sister Abigail and the mandible claw thing again. I was just like. I don't know. I think just think that just the, if they're just trying to make him like the Undertaker circa like 1990, I yeah, get it. Which is like it's, the monster. It's, way, it's way too drawn out. It was way yeah, too drawn yeah, out. Yeah, and all them stomps and a lot of people said that. Well, that basically kills Seth's finisher. I mean, geez, oh, yeah. if ten if yeah. ten stomps don't get the guy, then the one's not going to stop anybody else. So I I don't. I don't know. I don't, I don't like that. They should have. It's kind of like they didn't know where to go, and then they just quick. Uh, let's do this, you know. And it's like, ugh. I mean, the crowd was chanting AEW right away, refund, booing like crazy, and it it was not good. I think I in the grapple app it was rated one star. I mean, it started off good, but then it went right down the toilet. And there's some people that say, well, well let's see where the the story goes. And like I say, it's a lot, a lot of times with uh, TV shows. If the first episode sucks, and then two through thirteen are good. The, the, the ones that are good doesn't make the first one good. The first one still sucks. It's just two through thirteen are good. So this match sucked. There's no way around it. It's just yeah, terrible ending, terrible idea. 
what I understand, Rollins was even on Raw the next day. Yeah, I don't think they had either of them on kind of make, to make people forget. I think they played a quick highlight package, just showing some stuff. But you could edit it to make it look a lot better. You don't have to choke the you know, 15 stomps. So, I, I, you know, that was all right. But I think they should have just to make people just totally not mention it at all, make people totally forget because it was, it was bad. I don't think The Fiend's done as a character, but it did. it certainly didn't help. No, no, not at all. Um, well, let's switch gears to some comic stuff, sir. You know, uh, you see, got some comic news. What do you got for us? Yeah. So, did you see the, the the new Star Wars book, Rise of the Skywalker? I think it came out this week. I did pick it up. Yeah. Did, did you read it? If not, no, then we'll sir, get. Okay. Oh, because I'm looking forward to it. It has like a, I guess it's leaning towards the new movie. It has like a little bit of everybody in it, and the four covers. I believe they connect. Looks awesome. So I seen that, and then I seen. That DC posted something where they're looking to possibly replace all their main heroes. I'm like, what? You know how Marvel did it when Jane Foster became Thor and Falcon became Captain America. I'm gonna see if I can get that article here real quick. But I seen that. It's just like with when Nightwing became Batman. Like it lasts for a little bit, but it doesn't last forever. I don't like when they, oh, we're gonna replace the heroes. Like we're gonna play Superman and he's never gonna be the same. It's like yeah, he is in one year. You know, I, I don't like that. Yeah, I wonder what they're going to do there. Yeah, and they're calling it like because they're like the fifth generation or something. I'm going to pull it up real quick here. It seems it's rumored for right now, but you know how a lot of stuff becomes true once it starts making the, the waves in the comic news here. As I pull it up here. And of course, it's going to take a while to load. Let's see here. Um, oh, Gardens of the Galaxy, the new book written by Al Ewing. That's coming out next year. I've seen that on the way here. And then, of course, uh, Thor, written by Donnie Cates. I'm looking forward to that. Yes, yes, that's huge. I mean, Jason Aaron obviously hit a home run, but got a lot of pressure on Donnie Cates. Like, you know, to, to make a wrestling term, you just basically had Tanahashi and Okada, and now you're basically following up with the Bushi and Ishii. So it's like you're still... still you're still hitting home runs here, but it's like, man, what, what Jason Aaron's done on that on that run. Uh, and obviously, he's not done yet. I think he's still got uh, three or four more issues of King Thor. But obviously, uh, when, now, when does that start? Donnie Cates run the 2020? Yeah, didn't, I don't think they have an exact date. just said 2020 for so far. So I'm looking for that. And, and then a new Guardians of the Galaxy I might check out, too, with uh, Al Ewing writing it. He's writing a lot. Yeah, he, he's one of the Marvel's big guns, like Donnie Cates. Donnie Cates is one of Marvel's, like, most pushed guys, I guess you could say. So here I got the article. It says DC Comics rumored to replace all their main superheroes with newer versions. And it's like, ugh. So as I, of course, I'm trying to scroll down and it jumps. DC reportedly launched a publishing initiative in the coming year that will see many of its classic heroes replaced with next-gen successors, according to a report of Bleeding Cool. So sometimes Bleeding Cool, you can believe them, sometimes you can't. And the initiative is going to be called 5G because it's the fifth generation of heroes. So it looked like they're going to replace Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Maybe Batman marries Catwoman. They ride off into the sunset. And then Nightwing's Batman again. I, I don't know. I, I don't really like this. And like, who's, who's going to be Wonder Woman? Donna Troy? I, I, I don't like when they replace people. Because you know the, the characters. Like, when they replace Cap and they replace Thor. You know they're coming back eventually. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's kind of a gimmick. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. Hopefully it's not... Nothing dumb. A lot of people are calling it Rebirth 2, <laughs> or the, the new, new 52, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see there, but I'm not really looking too forward to that. It seems like there's too many relaunches in DC in the past 10 years. Yeah, I, you know, it's like, 
And, and like when you're collecting, I was talking to somebody just recently about Captain Marvel. I'm like, yeah, if you're going back and you're trying to collect Captain Marvel, and you're like, oh, I need issue four. Well, what volume do you know need? Oh, I don't know the one written by uh, Kelly Sue. Yeah, but there's uh, three volumes written by Kelly Sue, and you're just like. Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't like how they do that. But if it was one continuous number, then you're like, oh, I need issue 36. So I don't like how Marvel does it. DC is kind of, the, all of comics and whole is kind of like, oh, let's get to 20, then we'll renumber them and start from one again because they always think that one sells more, which is like, <clears throat> I, I guess, but I, I would rather my book just have one ongoing number. Yeah. And did you see the uh, the Batman Grave book? I know nothing about this. I just seen it real quick. Like, what 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 is that about? No, they, they I did get that. Well, my shop had they had the blank cover of that and blank of the Joker. The Joker was written by. Yeah, that's uh, a, well, a one or, shot. Uh, John Carpenter. Oh yeah, wow. I, yeah, I only got just because coming out from New York and I'm, there's a bunch of Sundays that I'm missing. So uh, comic book money is just kind of scarce. So I, I yeah, here both it is. back except for Batman the Grave. I did not get a chance to read it. Obviously, because of New York last week, I read next to nothing. I literally have two books. Uh, I literally have uh, I'm sorry, two weeks of books to catch up, and I think I got about seven or eight done in the last uh, two days. So. Yeah, I, mean, I, I I've been catching up. I'm actually going to go to shop probably tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow and pick up this week's because I've been I've been real behind with New York and getting ready for that. But I have Batman Grave here. I'm trying to see who. They, they, uh, News and Rama gave it 9 out of 10. Wow. Yeah, so. But, I mean, sometimes the reviews are here and there. It's artist Brian Hitch, inker Kevin Nolan, and colors Alex Sinclair. Well, who's writing the thing? Um, Bruce Refreshing. It doesn't say who's writing it. I don't know. It looks all right. Here we go. Oh, Warren Ellis. So, ah. Yeah, so sometimes Warren Ellis stuff is I like and some I don't. I don't know. It's one of 12, so this is going to be 12 issue book. Ba- the Batman is called The Batman's Grave. I don't know. I might, I might skip that one. I might have to see how that is in trade. Or if, or if I hear it's good, I've, I've heard nothing about it. So I really can't you know, say anything have up you, or down. Have you heard anything on the Joker one-shot? No. I haven't heard of that. But I, now I'm just getting to the review here. It's the year of the villain Joker won. And it did not get a good review on News Rama. They gave it 4 out of 10. Okay, I'm glad I put it back. Because everyone's <laughs> like, oh, I can't believe you put that back. John Carpenter writing the joke. I'm like, sometimes authors don't make good comic book writers. Yes. Writers. Yeah, I mean, hey, they might make a good uh, book or a good movie. doesn't mean they'll make a good comic book. And vice versa. Yeah. So, did, did you get the Doctor Doom one? i seen that. Yeah, I did. That one was, was pretty fun. That, I'll review that and I did read it. I will okay. review that when we do our... Whenever you're done, they're, they're all going through what I read. And there's one other one that... Harley and Joker Criminal Sanity 1 came out. I thought this was going to be a black... I think it is a black label, but it's not... Yes. It's okay. not magazine size, right? Yes, it is. Oh, it is! Size. Wow, how about yes. that? So I read it. I will review it. <laughs> I, 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 oh, good. I, I might pick that up because the uh, magazine ones are seven ninety nine, and it's, I'm not looking to buy more. I'm looking to buy less, <laughs> just to to save a little bit of money. So that's the new books I seen that came out. And I think that's really about it here. And then I want to talk about Guardians, of course, Thor, and that Star Wars book. Who I, I forget who's writing. Let me click on that real quick. Uh, Sax. I don't. I'm not familiar with Sax, whatever that is. But it looks cool. I was like, I know what. I want to get that Star Wars book because I think it's like, oh, set set in the one year gap between the two movies in Star Wars timeline picks up from General Organa and her crew's initial escape from crate to the opening scene of Rise of the Skywalker. Okay, so, and then you know we'll get that. We'll finally get that Ray book once the new Star Wars movie's out, or the new Star Wars book, which is after the new movie, which I'm looking forward to. Yes, it's coming up close. Yeah, yeah. The, two months. December. Is it beginning? Of, yeah. Or is it? Yeah, is it the end of November or beginning of December? 
I want to say I want to say they're doing what they did in Force Awakens. I remember it was right around Thanksgiving they did Episode Eight, well, Last Jedi. But I know Rise of the Skywalker was right around Christmas because I remember for some reason I could not go opening day. I missed like the I didn't go the Thursday that Friday, but I remember I was doing no I couldn't go that Thursday. I believe I went that Friday because I think that's when I when I take my leave from work for Christmas. I always save up a whole bunch of days in between what the company gives us for Christmas break and the weekends and the days I have saved up. I get like 10, 11 days off in a row. I remember that was day one because I remember I was waiting outside with about 50 other people and it was snowing out and that theater didn't open up yet. So, um, anywho, I just went on a rant there. But I believe that they're doing this one right around Christmas time instead of Thanksgiving. Oh, well, makes sense. Well, you know, why not? I know it's, it's usually always December-ish, so if it's a few more weeks, I, I can wait. It won't kill me, you know? What can we wait that? Yeah, so... What else you got there, sir? That's about it for stuff that's coming out that I've seen that I was interested in. I'm sure there's some more stuff here. I know that all the new X-Men books, I think, are starting to come out. New Mutants came out, and one other one, maybe the Excalibur book. But I obviously didn't get to read any of them yet. So... Talk about that when they do come out. So I, I guess. Oh, did you see the Green Lantern Black Stars one? I saw something about it online. I don't know what it's about. What do you? What, what do you got there? Appa- apparently, it's coming out of the run that we both didn't like by Grant Morrison. He, he's still writing it, but Zermanka Zermanico is doing the art, which his art, his or her art, I'm not sure, is really good. And it's only I think one of three issues. So three issues, and I think it's bridging the gap into whoever takes over Green Lantern, which they did not say who is taking over Green Lantern. I'm gonna check it out. I know I did not like Grant Morrison's Green Lantern at all because I thought it made absolutely no sense. So hopefully this does make sense. But it's been out of the story, so we'll see. It's only three issues, and then they're doing a a Black Lanterns book where what if the Black Lanterns had won? Which is kind of like a DC Elseworlds. I might check that out, depending on how much it is, if it's five ninety nine or not. Black Lantern's win in Tales from the Dark Multiverse, Blackest Night. So I'm going to see how many books that is. That might be a good read. We'll see. Written by Tim Seeley, so might be good. I think it's a five nine. Oh, it's a one-shot, so you might check that out. But that's, that's about it for books that are coming out. So if you want to talk about what you did read, we can get into that, and I can talk about what I read then. I just have to go get my notebook. <laughs> okay. Like I said, I... Power through a little bit here. Amazing Spider-Man, that was an A. Carnage, Norman Osborn is getting ready to finish off Spider-Man. Where we, that was basically the issue we left last, uh, last issue was was Carnage, Norman had uh, Spider-Man basically dead to right. So as he's getting ready to finish Spider-Man off, there's all these flashbacks to uh, him just being a terrible father and him finding out when Peter was Spider-Man and Spider-Man on the other side is having flashbacks to all the people that he's lost like Flash Thompson like Gwen Stacy Uncle Ben etc etc and that basically gives uh, basically the pre-workout Red Bull Bang Energy drink that Spider-Man needs for the big fiery comeback and guess what he wins the fight and Norman Osborn goes yeah Spider-Man wins shocker the good guy wins and Norman Osborn goes into basically the sideboard. We show him basically, uh, you know, in the in the rubber room. So but I, it was very well done. That was solid. Doctor Doom, I just gave it a beat. Uh, I just figured I'd just check it out. I'm a big fan of Doctor Doom. It's just basically doing just Doom, just kind of like sitting in his castle, just hanging out. And there's a, there's some people that are trying to come over and take over the castle and Doom. Just basically, they're like jobbers. Doom just basically like beats them up and gets rid of them. Hmm. Uh, Flash. Uh, there's a, another eight. I mean, this book is this, this book's fantastic. Uh, Hunter Zalman 
Uh, he, he creates so much power in the Speed Force that he actually creates the Forever Force, and then it sets up a big three-way dance with the Flash, Reverse Flash, Hunter's Almond, and the Black Flash. Flash. At least that's where I think that's going to go. Mm. I think you're going to see a uh, kind of a three-way dance there. Oh, sounds good. Joker, Harley, Criminal Insanity. Yes, this was Black Label. Yes, this was magazine size. Yes, this was very good. Will I add it to my pool list? I don't know. Yeah, because I mean... A minus. Yeah, A minus. It's just a different version of Harley. There's nothing really with Joker in here. Really? It's just wow. basically Harley. And they call her Harley, not Harlan. And she's basically like a, a detective, uh, you know, PI, that's helping Jim Gordon trying to find out who's killing all these people. They keep finding... Obviously, it's a very adult book. It's very violent. That's the Black Label. all these people that are basically... Uh, basically are cut up from the waist up and uh, they're using Harley to uh, figure out the clues who it is so I'm assuming that it's the Joker just because they made no mention of the Joker whatsoever yeah. the book is called Joker Harley Quinn Criminal Insanity but it was really fun unless they throw a, a swerve and it's Zaz but uh, it's weird that they're putting that book out right when Harleen's out too because it's like too Harley you might have a little confusion there but yeah, I think she's in another Black Label book. I think there's like three of them. Oh, man. But she's in. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, the Harley one is fantastic. So I, I want to check this one out. But, like, you know, people only got so much money to go around. Or, or you do have the money. Maybe you shouldn't be spending that much money on comics. So, because there's one more issue of Superman Year One. And then there's two more issues of Harley. And then I guess two more of this. Because it seems like the Black Label are all three. And then you got the Batman, what's it called? The Last Night on Earth? The one that Capullo and Snyder are doing? That's, that's comic-sized? Yes, yeah, comic size. The whole, whole, whole. Stop the clock. Joker Harley is nine, nine issues. Oh, is it? Whoa, that's yeah. a, that's a commitment. Jeez. Ooh, I don't know. Wow. Nine issues at, at seven ninety nine a pop. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe that's why they didn't show the Joker just yet. They yeah, figure, they, they got six more issues. Yeah. Oh boy. Still wait. Uh, Batman B plus. Uh, great art. Yeah, they are. They are on the art. But it just seemed like it's a filler issue. Uh, yeah, Thomas Wayne has still Damian hostage. And there's uh, like basically a good conversation with uh, Hush and Thomas Wayne, which I think is kind of funny because remember, Hush in the main universe is best, was, was best friends with Bruce Wayne as a kid. And then this is his, you know, obviously Bruce's dad, but from a different, different universe. So I thought that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Uh, Ghost Rider, we obviously got the fancy uh, black covers yes. from last week. Uh, this was just a B for me. I didn't particularly care for it. Definitely will not be adding out of my full list. You know, um, I, I, I liked it. I gotta say, I don't know if I get, I don't know what I give it. I'm gonna go get my notebook here, real quick, but I, I enjoyed it because it's like it explains that I don't know how Johnny Blaze became the King of Hell. I, I guess whatever book happened before that I was not reading, and then Danny Catch, I, I liked it. It, w- it was it was a great, but I no it wasn't wasn't must read. But I I like I might get a few issues to see how it's going, but like if it dips down, then I'll probably jump off. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was okay. Just basically, yeah, Mephisto declares war on Earth. And- Johnny Blaze is kind of like trying to figure himself out. Yeah, and then um, and they got Danny Ketch, who's there, and then, then uh, Lilith says to Danny Ketch that Johnny Blaze is mad with power because he's the king of hell, so you got the two Ghost Riders probably fighting. But you still have Mephisto pulling strings and Lilith, so... And then they, uh, apparently the girl Ghost Rider died. I, I read, um... Not to cut you off, the Ghost Rider symbiotes of vengeance, and, and that the girl Ghost Rider dies, so Alejandra. But she goes to hell, and Johnny Blaze is in hell, so... Is she going to stay dead? Probably not. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. wow. Uh, Daredevil is probably my book of the week. Uh, solid A. No really A pluses this week. Again, I kind of, the last two weeks, just kind of, uh, kind of just messed around here. I still have a lot to read. Foggy and Matt use one of the fake Daredevils that are going around to infiltrate the Kingpin's hideouts. 
And as Wilson Fisk is going to meet a legit billionaire, self-made billionaire, not one of the ones that are the drug dealers or this or that. He basically gets told from his people, like, hey, you need to behave yourself. You, you know, you're, you're trying to run for mayor again and try to get power. Like, you can't be king crime, kingpin of crime. And he's just like, no, I'm aware. I'm aware. Great, great dialogue with kingpin. And at the end, he basically kills the owner of the house in the bathroom. So... Oh. <laughs> That sounds pretty good. And that's uh, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, which yeah, I have not Daredevil read any of. Which, yeah, it seems weird that they put him on that only because he's normally known for, like, uh, comedy books. But hey, why not branch out? Yeah, yeah. And again, Daredevil just continues to have, like, the best creators ever on any series. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. So I read a bunch of different stuff. I got some new books at, at New York Comic Con. And I have a bunch that I didn't read because obviously just been busy getting ready for it. So I'll start. Ghost Rider actually gave an A. And then, I got, like we said, Johnny Blaze the King of Hell. And then, uh, you know, Danny catches it and Mephisto everything. I, I, I enjoyed it. We'll see where it goes. And then I got that sweet uh, Glow in the Dark cover, which is pretty cool. And it got signed by Ed Brisson, who's the writer. And Aaron Cooter's art is, is very good. So then I got uh, Seven Days. That's uh, Gail Simone's new book that she had. She was selling at the con. I don't know if it's out in stores or she had advanced copies that I, I don't know. But the cover was done by Stepan Sejic who does the awesome art from Harleen. And inside the guide, I'm not familiar with him, Jose Luis. His art, it's, it's very good. It kind of looks like a classic like 90s Superman, like when uh, Louis Simonson was writing. But anyway, it's, uh, the superheroes of this world have seven days to stop an alien invasion because there's these guys that come down that have like different powers and uh, it, it, she's setting it up. It's the first issue, but it isn't bad. It's like, check it out because it's Gail Simone, so it'll probably be pretty good. I gave that one, give that one a B plus. Uh, Chastity one. She was an old Chaos Comics character that got locked up with the rights, and then Dynamite finally got him, and Brian Polito didn't. But uh, written by Lee Williams and art by Daniel Maine. Chastity hunts down some vampires. She's basically a female Blade, and she applies for a burlesque show, but then winds up getting drugged and kidnapped from. Uh, by some other vampires. It was alright. I don't know if I'm going to get it. I give that one a B. Probably, probably won't, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Especially when there's a level. And then Symbiote's Vengeance is the one I talked about with uh, the girl Ghost Rider. Also written by Ed Brisson, who's the current Ghost Rider writer. And Juan Fragero in art. Johnny Blaze asked Danny Ketch to go help Alejandra in Nicaragua deal with Carnage, because he's going there to just get all the uh, Codex Symbiotes. And obviously it doesn't end well because I spoiled it. And she does. Um, Aurora, this is a new book by Sora Sung. I picked up at the con. And uh, art by Georgia Sposito and Kate Colors. And it's just, it's basically a preview book, so it's just setting it up. And it's Aurora joins the Peacekeepers that are kind of like a, a global justice league. And then they have little character uh, stats in the back of the book telling them what their powers are, their real names and everything. So it's just a, a little sampler. And then the one guy shows how he got his powers and how he became start the Keeper. So it, it, it's pretty cool. I'll probably give it to the Kickstarter to check it out. I actually gave it an A, but it was really short, so what can you do? Um, Absolute Carnage 3, I know this came out a few weeks ago. The maker and Bruce Banner are removing all the codexes from the heroes, but Carnage shows up, and then, spoiler alert, but it's been out for a few weeks, the Venom symbiote jumps to the Hulk. So, that's pretty cool. I give that an A. Obviously, Absolute Carnage is very good, written by Donna Cates, art by Ryan Stegman. Um, Vampirella issue 3, written by Christopher Priest and art by Ergen Gundens. I, don't, I know his name's hard to say, I don't know this guy, but his art's very good. Vampirella and her mom tell the shrink that she's seeing about how she got to Earth and how Lilith has been watching her the whole time and then what they're going to do next. It's it's good, but it's not great, so I'm hoping it picks up I get that one to be. Xena 6 is the last of the this run, apparently it was only 6 issues, written by Vita Alalia. Xena and Gabrielle go with Discord to Mount Olympus to help her get her godhood back. And then it's the end of the major series. So, it was a good run. 
I think the last Xena book was a little bit better, and they didn't say anything about a new Xena book, so maybe it's not selling well. I get that one to be. Uh, Valeria 2, this is the Age of Conan Valeria, so it's like his girlfriend. Um, written by Meredith Finch and art by Anik, so very good art. Valeria makes a, <clears throat> makes a mercenary tell her where she can find more information about the sword that she found that killed her brother. So it's it's a lot like a Red Sonya, but she's not as wild as Red Sonya. Give that one a B plus as I go through here. Captain Marvel 10, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Carmen Carnero. Carol figures out Star is bad and battles her to remove the... Oh, wait, what am I saying? Battles her, removes the Kree device that she thinks is powering her, but finds out Star can siphon the energy off every living person, which is crazy. So we'll see what's going on. Captain Marvel, we'll get that A um, as I get more beeps. Marvel action, Captain Marvel. This is the one for kids, but it's it's very good. Um, Carol finds out that the Kree she has been that the Kree have been breeding flurkins to use as weapons to take over the entire universe. So she can't beat them all until Spider Woman shows up with the Guardians of the Galaxy to help her out. So B plus for Marvel action, Captain Marvel. Uh, five years issue four. I finally got to read by Terry Moore, art written by Terry Moore. Catchu gets ready to leave with Tambi to take a care of the five bomb, and then uh, Rachel gets her death covered up in Russia. So very good, but if you're not following it you have no idea what's going on but i know what's going on and five years and apparently terry moore told us at the con it's an ongoing series so i think it was only slated for six issues and now he said it's ongoing so i'm all for it well you remember he did say if you did any we made sure not to spoil in front of you he said those last two pages were kind of tear jokes yeah so now, now you know why because she's she's basically getting getting ready for you know what may be a suicide yeah she might not come back to uh a francine I think of her name there, yeah. but it is very, very good, and I'm, I'm glad it's ongoing. But anything Terry Moore is, does is, is awesome. And then finally, I think it's my final book I read here. Yeah, Blue Thumb already. Sabrina issue number five. Apparently, this is the last of the run, written by Kelly Thompson and art by Veronica and Andy Fish, who did the Archie run. Sabrina finds her missing aunts and the missing kids about to be burned at the stake by a minotaur who turns out to be her Professor Samson, who was mad that the witches wouldn't let her in their coven. So it's the end of the series. I thought it was really good. The art was awesome by Veronica and Andy Fish. I give that A. Kind of upset Sabrina's done already, but I'm sure they'll do another one, especially with the Netflix show. And that's all I read so far. I can still have way more to read, so I'll be very busy. Yeah, well, it's like quite a bit with me. I have a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff to read. Just to, just to what I didn't read this past week, I'm not talking about last week where I read next, but nothing to it. Yeah, me too. Uh, I have, uh, I did read Powers of X, but I got to go back to Web of uh, Black Widow, Batman Gray, Detective Comics, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then there's about two or three Star Wars like plus books, plus I think I Fantastic, and maybe something else from last week as well. Probably so, yeah, Avengers, yeah, because they just come the same week. So I'll squeeze that in tomorrow after the gym, but I will be setting off of Miss Lily's birthday party, so it's, oh, gonna, go. it's gonna be tricky. Again, it's only 24 hours from today. Yes, there's only so much time you can read comics or watch wrestling. That's why I'm like, man, I, I, I wish I had nothing to do all day so I could get all this in. Yeah, yeah we're busy people. Yeah. We're good busy. So, while you were just talking, so some late-breaking news broke out on oh. the Crisis on Infinite Hertz show that we'll be uh, mm -hmm. hearing on the WB is, now we talked about all the different Supermans that are gonna be in it, and we talked about, obviously, Burt Ward will be reprising his role of Robin Hood somehow. Uh, there's going to be a Batman from our childhood. Really? Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton. Wow, yes. that's awesome. And the first report said that he it was going to... They're going to make reference to it. And the last two or three reports that I've read to said, no, they, that he's actually going to be appearing. So. Oh, wow. That's all. Well, it is. It, even a crisis, so everything DC could have existed, you know? 
Yeah, it's all on there. I That's wonder awesome. Linda Carter Wonder Woman is going to be on there. Well, they, they said something about Linda Carter being in it. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I know she, I'm hoping she, she is. She was a supergirl because she was the president, and they found out she was an alien. Yes. So that's that's cool. Why not get all the more people that you can to be in it? Because it just makes the it makes it feel like wow, they made they all are connected, and it's the new fifty or the fifty two universes. Yeah, so super cool, super cool. Yeah. I cannot wait. For I have to watch that for sure, uh, especially Michael Keaton as Batman, or even if he's like old Batman and he's like uh, uh, training Terry McGinnis, who's Batman Beyond, and he's in it. I'm, I'm cool with that too. I'm sure whatever they do, those those crossovers are always really good. Uh, I did watch the first episode of Supergirl. Uh, that was pretty good. Supergirl has bangs now. Um, oh. uh, so that, that that was fun. Basically, she did tell Lena Luthor, who's Lex Luthor's sister, that she was Supergirl. Basically, it's just like the last two years they were like, you know, they were like best friends. She probably told her she was Supergirl. And then she basically, you know, she's like, oh, okay, you know, thanks for telling me. And then obviously, when Supergirl's not there, off camera, wink, wink, she's just like, now I'm going to take down Supergirl and now I'm going to kill her. So she's trading this armor to take her down. Uh, Flash for the first episode of the season. Really, nothing crazy major happened. Mm. Um, so I'm sure they're building some stuff up. I know the guy that plays Cisco isn't going to be in it that much because he's done after the season, and the same thing with uh, the girl that plays Killer Frost oh, as wow. well. So I wonder why they would leave. I, I guess they're tired of it. I mm. yeah, maybe they want to do something else. I mean, look at Downey and Evans are finally yeah. Off, uh, you know, they said that they need to get off that Marvel train. Yeah, I, I, if I was on, I'd ride it till till the till end. You know, well, Hemsworth and Holland are like, we'll do this forever. Like, we want you to do it forever. So. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. I finished Preacher. Finished up. This was the last season. I finished up a couple months ago. Uh, that that was a that was a nice ending. Obviously, the comic book was way better. A lot of people were complaining after the first season that oh they ruined it. And it, once once I got the season two, it really picked back up. Legion, I finished, if that's what you want to call it, that, <laughs> just because that, that show is so trippy. Basically, when you're an X-Men fan, so basically, I, I understood the ending, is what happens is they go back to, they go, they do time travel, almost what they're doing kind of like in the comic, which is kind of weird how they, that's what they basically do time travel, and it's uh, David, who is Legion, and uh, the girl that plays his girlfriend in the show, I forget what her name is, basically standing over his crib, and she looks over at him, and he said, David, when you grow up, make sure you're a good boy. He said, I will, I promise. Mm. And then they basically disappear to go back into the timeline. So I guess he's restarting his life over with the knowledge that he knows that he can, uh, that he has all this power, but he wants he's going to start using it for good. So oh. I thought that was a nice little happy ending. I'm like, oh, I actually understood that ending. I think I understood five things that happened in that show over the last <laughs> two seasons. So. Yeah. Yeah, that, there was that, and what was the other X-Men one called? Uh, Gifted? The Gifted? The Gifted, yeah. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see any of that at all. It was like the D-level. Yeah. Again, I watched it just to, uh, I felt like I had to. <laughs> well, so, so soon we'll some Disney Plus shows we run out, we'll have tons to no, watch. Oh, yeah. I, you know, obviously, we talked about the con, I never finished the Netflix stuff. Yeah, and then, then when I was up there, I seen that Jessica Jones display, and then Hellcats in season three. I was talking to that one girl. She's like, "Oh yeah, she's at the end of two. And I was like, "I never, I never got to season two. I was like, "I have to watch them now." But man, I think I watched uh, almost all season one. I was into it, but I wasn't like super into it. Yeah. So. Even like 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 Glow, Castlevania. Those first the first seasons of each of them, especially Glow, I loved. I guess like the Glow season three just dropped or was going to drop. Like mm-hmm. man, I didn't even I didn't even know they had a season two. It just there's, there's so much stuff. Yeah, I watched that one episode. I said this ain't bad, but man, yeah. Getting around to watching everything is like it's it's a full time job in itself. Yeah, well, who knows, buddy? Maybe somebody will pay us to watch TV. Yeah, yeah, professional TV watchers. Just watch the show, give us your thoughts. Okay. On this podcast. Yeah. 
So, all right, there. So, what else? Anything else you want to go over? You about ready to uh, put a bow in this? I think I'm about ready to wrap it up there. That's my books that I read. We talk about what's coming out and wrestling. I mean, obviously, there'll be SmackDown tonight, and then New Japan on Monday, and then you got Raw, and then NWA Power, and then NXT and AW. So, there's plenty going on in the world of wrestling. So, if you like wrestling at all, there's something for you because there's any you can watch the MLW show comes on YouTube because I watched and the AW Dark show. I was watching that, and then the next one came up, MLW came out, and L.A. Park came out with his son. I forget his name, and they wrestled two luchadors. I'm like, hey, this ain't bad. And then they had, I think the main event was Austin Aries, and I want to say Tom Lawler, but I'm not sure. So I'm like, wow, this is probably a good show too, but man, so much wrestling. Yeah, it's a good it's a good time to be in wrestling and to be a fan, definitely. Yes, absolutely. We're both. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> 100%. So what, and watch whatever you like. You don't like something, watch something else, because I'm sure there's something you like. Yes. All right, sir. Let's get into uh, your segment. Top five. Who wants to go first? Okay, I'm gonna go first. I got something a little different. So, <laughs> and if you even have enough to answer this, so give me your top five TV shows that are not comic book related. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. I can do that. Okay, wasn't sure. On now or all time? Yeah, you could do on now or all time. Whatever you, whatever you feel. But as long as there's no, so you know, the Flash and uh, Arrow, you can't say. It. <laughs> okay, we're gonna go with the Office. Okay. The Simpsons. Okay. Oh, yes. We're gonna go with uh, Big Bang Theory. Okay. Even though they talk about comics. Yeah, but they're not like, characters themselves. Okay. I'll, I'll allow it. We're gonna go with the Goldbergs. Oh, okay. I watch now, and then we're gonna go with. Uh, let's see, what's another? There's a bunch of shows that I actually kind of watch. Oh, let's go with Schooled, which is like the '90s, where the Goldbergs take place in the '80s, and then the Goldbergs, uh, the School takes place in the '90s. Oh, okay. Characters. It's the characters in the Goldbergs as the, as if they're grown up. So, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, a legacy yeah, show, yeah, if you will. Yeah, yeah, pop references. Yeah. Stuff. So I, I will also pick The Office because that's great. And then I'll pick Parks and Rec, and Thirty Rocks. I'm going all NBC here, just about Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Great show. And then last, I'm gonna pick uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That's on Netflix, which is. In the same line as 30 Rock, it's a wacky comedy, so all comedy there. That's my top five for uh, maybe not. I mean, I would throw Married Children's up there and stuff too, but that's that's the my, my favorites, I would say, of the bunch. Now, that I'm pretty cool, Kimmy Schmidt, that's the girl that plays Aaron in the office, yes, right? yes, that's her. And then that this show is uh, where she was trapped in a bunker with uh, four other ladies as part of a cult, and then she gets out of the bunker and she basically has the mind of a 14 year old and she. It's stuck in the 90s, but it's 2000, like it's current day. So it, it's funny. It's written by Tina Fey. So it's, if you like 30 Rock, you'll like that. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. All right, sir. Let's go. We just talked We talked about it about an hour or so ago. Let's talk about if WWE does take some of the main roster talent, put them on NXT. If they came to you, which five people would you like to see that are on Raw or SmackDown that you would like to see on the NXT? Ooh, that, that's, that's a good one. It's kind of easy. So I'm going to go with Cesaro, Kevin Owens. Um, they're the top two. Um, Apollo Crews. And then we'll send, let's see, probably Sami Zayn. And you know what? You know what? Why not send Nakamura back down too? I didn't pick any women, but I, I don't think they really—they could use some women, but I don't know who they would really. I I have three. What you have? I have Cesaro. I have Zayn and Owens. But I say make Zayn and Owens a tag team. Okay, I'd yeah. See, I'd love to see Zayn Owens versus uh, the, any guys in the undisputed era. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So, oh uh, yes, yeah, so, so and then uh, okay, obviously Cesaro. So I have two more. I'm gonna go women. I'm gonna go with Natty. Okay. And I'm gonna go with uh, the Superman Oscar back. Oh yeah, that's I, a good I, one. Even though I, I just said I like what they're doing with the Kabuki Warriors, I'd like to see 
Oscar and like Rhea Ripley or Tony Storm. Oh yeah, I I, I want to see Oscar wrestle again. <laughs> you know, actually have good matches. Which you know, hopefully when her contract's up and they're not using her, go to AEW because I think she'd probably be used a little bit better. I mean, she can go back to Japan, but then we won't be able to see it. But that's what I would like. Then Kana in AEW. But yeah, that's a good list. Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, brother. Let's uh, let's put a pin to this baby for episode seventy. Unbelievable. Yes, yeah, seventy. Can you believe the big seven zero? I'm sure there's uh, you know how when you're married for like ten years, twenty years, there's like little like wood, diamond, whatever. So seventy is probably something. I have no idea what it is. But anyway, thanks for listening. If you listen to all 70, and if not, then, you know, subscribe and listen to the 70 more. That's what I'm going to do. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook and Instagram, just type Andy Hedder, and I will come right up. And I will plug the show, even though I might not get this out in time. We'll be wrestling at True Wrestling tonight in Plains, PA. But it's also at Independent TV, so if you're listening to this on Saturday or Sunday or whenever, you can go on Independent Wrestling TV and watch the True Wrestling show from Plains, PA. It's called The, the True Era. So we'll be wrestling there in a four-way tag match. Now, I believe because our match will not be on the main card. However, I think if you go on True Wrestling's Facebook page, it'll be streamed there. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So, yeah, it'll be streamed live. And then, of course, you can always watch it in demand anytime you want, which is pretty cool. Yep, there we go. And there for we go. free. Well, let's put that in there. It is free on Facebook. Yeah, can't beat that. Can't beat that. If it's free, it's for me. All right, if you guys want to get a hold of me, if you guys want to talk about any questions, comments, please uh, hit me up on the old social media, which would be the Twitter and the Instagram is Matt underscore Turner OF. Obviously, we got some new merch uh, literally coming down the line pretty soon, so just bear with us on that, guys. I think we're going to be running uh, fresh printed shirts of the Calm the Power Rings uh, stuff hopefully pretty soon. Probably by the end of the year, I I would hope. Well, I know the Power Ring shirts will probably, I want to try to see maybe we get them up with a tag tour at the end of the month. Okay. That's an app. It's probably going to be sometime in November. Yeah. Um, as far as everything else goes, yeah, probably by the end of the year. So, uh, yeah, that's about that, guys. Um, so, uh, I guess it's okay with you, sir. I'll finish this one. Go ahead. So, for episode number 70, we are Team Blue and Gold. Thank you guys so much for all the support. We appreciate it. He is Andy Hedder. Mm-hmm. I am Matt Turner. We will see you guys next week.